Welcome to Miles and Smiles, a podcast about love, service, and discovery. I'm your host, Julie Hatch. Join me on this adventure called life. To connect with me, visit thetruelovetour.com. Welcome to Miles and Smiles. Yes, I did just publish a new episode yesterday. And I woke up this morning and I just felt like my heart was lit on fire, that I just felt so compelled to get on here and share a paradigm shift that I experienced this morning. It's something that I finally figured out, something that has been perplexing me over the last several months, maybe even years it all finally makes sense to me. And so I feel to come on here and share what's in my heart. So we'll just call this the bonus episode. And this episode is going to be all about your best is good enough. Maybe I should shorten that and just say good enough. (laughs) All right, guys. If this is the message that you're needing, stick with me. More is coming. For several years, I have been chasing after something, chasing after a better version of myself, chasing after a better life, chasing after the big dream, because I had been taught to dream big after all. (laughs) I have been chasing this for many, many years, and I reached a point of fatigue and exhaustion. Do you know what happens when you reach that point? You start to crack. Sometimes you start imploding upon yourself. That's what happened to me. I snapped. And I felt so sad. I felt like I had let myself down. And then I felt guilty. Because isn't it selfish to want to take a break? I need one so badly. Then I felt shame. I literally started attacking myself for not doing more, not being more. I was on the cycle again, and I've been doing that for a while. And do you know what happens when I start shaming myself? I turn to food to cope with the shame and to feel better. Yep, that's what I do. And so I did this whole health journey and I released 79 pounds. I didn't even reach my goal, but by the time I had released 79 pounds, I was feeling pretty darn good about myself. And it was good enough, I I decided. But then I hit this point of exhaustion and cracked. 
and all the shame came flooding back and I resorted to bad habits, bad coping mechanisms, because quite honestly, it was easier and faster to stuff down those heavy emotions with food than to confront them and to confront the ugly truth. What if my best was good enough? What if I'm enough? Now, that doesn't seem scary, but the truth is, I was terrified. Who is it? Marianne Adams, who said that the thing that we fear the most is not our weaknesses, but our strengths, our greatness. There's so much truth to that. And for me, it was about if I'm great, then I have to accept expectations that are placed on me, be it mine or others. And then what if I let them down? There's no room for error. There's no room for error. And I started realizing something in all of this. I wasn't chasing a better life or a better a better version of myself. No, I was lying to myself. I was chasing perfection. I was chasing perfection. And even now when I say that, it makes me emotional because this has been an unhealed part of myself for many, many years. And my inner child has been screaming at me to stop. Stop. Stop trying to please everybody. Stop trying to be perfect. I just want you to love me as I am right now in this space. Pay attention to me. And you know what? I couldn't pay attention to her. You know why? Because there is this epidemic in the world called busyness. And we wear it like a badge of honor. Because if we're busy, then that means we're being successful. We're progressing. We're producing. We're contributing. We're doing something that's praiseworthy. We're doing something that renders respect. We're not the lazy ones. We're the action takers. (laughs) We're the ones that are making a difference and shining our light in the world. Oh my goodness, I can't, you can tell in my tone, I have been very triggered over all of that coming down the the pipe there in the self-help industry. Yes. To the point that I just want to vomit and hurl. (laughs) Yes, folks, that is the ugly truth. That is me. And here's the thing. I want to be very clear about this and my position I don't want this to come across as an attack on the self-help industry because it's the self-help industry that has given me the tools that I need in order to even reach the point that I'm at now and be ready to listen to my inner child. Okay. The self-help industry has helped me tremendously throughout my life. And I'm grateful for all the people that are out there who are trying to just share what's worked for them with others, good on you. And you do make a difference. And thank you. Now, I just want to play devil's advocate for a moment. Now, I need to talk about what isn't being talked about, which is the other side of that whole self-help thing. Gotta help myself. I am broken. Yeah, we are all broken. What of it? When I get back, I want to talk a little bit more in depth about this whole being a broken vessel thing. Stick with me.
Broken vessels. We are all broken vessels in that we are all imperfect human beings. One of the questions I've had to ask myself is, am I chasing a better version of myself? Am I chasing after that? Or am I chasing perfection? Because there's a difference between progress and perfection. And I don't think I ever really understood until recently that I had been chasing perfection and calling it progress, striving to be the best that I can be, striving to live the best life I can live and create. There's nothing wrong with striving for improving, for growth, for progression, stepping out of your comfort zone. And I tout those things myself. But there does reach a point where you also have to be aware of your needs and check in with yourself about what is your truth. Because we know everyone else's truth that they share. We know what is working for them. And we applaud their success. But just because it's working for them doesn't mean that That is the standard that we have to adopt for ourselves. Broken vessels. There's something about having worked in the self-help industry where I became very obsessed with fixing myself and having to, like I said, do more, be more, be better. That was my mantra. And how can I help others and expect them to help themselves if I'm not even doing that and I'm not exemplifying that? You know, as a mentor or somebody who is, you know, doing emotional processing with the client, I would be a hypocrite, right? If I wasn't working on the very things that I was trying to help others work on. So I became pretty fixated on progress, healing, improvement, all of those things. And then when I started entrepreneurship and I started deciding that I should turn this into a business, that drive intensified. I then realized, well, if I'm going to work in the self-help industry, I have to hold myself to a higher standard so that I'm not a hypocrite, so that people feel like they're getting their money's worth, so that I can share with them what really is working, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And I had a lot of work to do on myself to get to a point where I felt like my habits were contributing to my overall success in my business. And I started seeing this common 
thread of habits that very successful, highly successful people owned. These, these attributes, these, these habits that they've acquired and, and developed over time. And I saw how it benefited their business. So that became my standard too. I have to push, 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 push. I hired mentors to hold me accountable. I had accountability partners. I had kept journals. I had done sessions to clear negative thoughts and emotions and process them and work through them. I did everything in my power I did the very best I could to have a successful business. And I realized that the only thing that was missing is that I had money issues. So that was the next thing, right? I had to learn money issues. And I also had to learn how to accept rejection, that it wasn't necessarily a rejection of me, but my service or what I was offering. And I learned that. And then by the time I got that last piece, I had this moment where I thought, yeah, but I'm not really enjoying this. I don't really like this. I had filled my calendar with so much stuff that even when I gave myself a break or a day off or a vacation, I was still obsessing on the next speaking gig, the next book, the next project, the next podcast, the next newsletter, the next blog, the next social media post, all of those avenues we use in order to promote our business in the self-help industry. If you are in a service-oriented business that is your own, then you know what I'm talking about. It became about the next networking gig and the next training class and the next this and that. And that became my life. And I felt like busyness was starting to rule my life and impede upon my quality of life in my relationships, the quality of my relationships with my family, because even when I would be with them and carve out time for them, I wasn't fully present because my mind wouldn't shut off. And I would be excited about the the next idea that was brimming out of my head, which I, I'm a very creative person. So I would get these ideas left and right out of nowhere and get excited about it. And then I was anticipating, I couldn't wait to go back and start working on it. All of this while I'm with my loved ones. I really gypped them out of time, quality time. I wasn't present with them. I was going through the motions of being present, trying to pacify them and fulfill their needs. But my mind and my heart were somewhere else. It was not with my family. And it had to take, it took a vacation to Florida and I realized that even then I was still on social media because I was trying to project a a certain image trying to encourage and inspire people to do what I was doing and live live this particular lifestyle that allows and affords you these extravagant vacations see I am successful and you can be too and you know what I hated about entrepreneurship I hated how unauthentic my relationship started to feel because it started feeling like I had to put myself out there, network up with other people, get to know other people just so that I could see what they could offer me and what I could gain from them. 
Do you know what that's called? That's called using people. Even if they're offering their help and they're in the same boat as you, there's still a part in that that did not feel good to me. Maybe it's not using people for other people, but for me, that's what it felt like. Maybe some people really are sincerely trying to get to know other people and expand their their friendship circle. But you know what? I was never one of those people that needed or desired a lot of friends. I have always appreciated an intimate group of people over large masses of people. Because I find that in the smaller groups, that's when we show up as our most authentic self. And we're not as worried about what's going on around us or what other people are thinking or keeping up with the Joneses or comparison. There's something that feels safer, at least for me. And so I really appreciated smaller groups, smaller groups of people where I could just show up as myself and they could show up as themselves and we could have this really great connection. And to this day, I, I, that's still my preference. So I reached this point, like, why? Why? Why do I have to constantly treat myself like I've got to fix myself? Like there's this chronic problem in me. Well, there is. I'm imperfect. But I never really accepted that. It was never okay for me to just say, I am imperfect by golly. What do you know? Because it felt like I was taking myself off the hook that I didn't have to try anymore. And that's not it. Of course, I will still try. But I think instead of being motivated by fear of not being enough, I'd rather be motivated by honoring what is truly me what feels good to me doing something because I love it doing something because I love the person doing it out of love instead of fear and this compulsion, this this need to just be perfect that needs to go out the window. That needs to go. (laughs) Bye-bye. My inner child for a long time has been carrying this belief that she's not good enough and that what she does is never enough. And she's carried that with her into her adult life. I carried that into my adult life. And my little inner child has been screaming at the top of her lungs Please just love me as I am right now, today. Stop dismissing me, barraging me and attacking me. Stop it. I'm hurting enough, enough. That is a sobering reality when you hit a point and you can recognize how much you've put yourself through, how much you have attacked yourself and punished yourself. Because of this pain of believing you're not good enough. What you do is never going to be enough. But you know what? This morning I read an article, brilliant article by Molly Conway, 
And she was talking about how we don't have to monetize our joy. And I'm my inner child was just flipping, doing cartwheels. She was so excited to finally have validation because it's as if this author crawled into, inside my head and was like making sense of something that for so long I couldn't make sense of. Oh my gosh. You mean I can just do something because I love doing it? Sort of like having a pet, owning a pet. It, I don't have to monetize it. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I've been sneezing all morning. So my nose is all plugged up. So you'll have to forgive the nasally podcast I'm doing today, but I'm learning to just show up as I am and that my best is good enough. And your best is good enough too. I want to talk about what happens when we become so independent that we become exhausted. So stay tuned. I had a few ahas that I want to share with you. One of them was about being the independent girl that I am. If I'm independent, then what that looked like is I could, I could control everything. And if I could control everything, then I could feel safe. And I've always felt like the trailblazer in a sense, or the pilgrim, the one that blazes the trail. I trust my intuition so implicitly and so completely that I will act on my intuition without any question and dive in. And most of the time I land on my feet. There's been rare occasions when I haven't, and I've had to learn from that. And I have learned through those times to appreciate people who are more thorough in their thought process and think about everything but because I'm already a detail-oriented person and because I process so quickly, I had learned to develop my intuition and to really trust my instincts and just go for it. And this has lent itself to my being very independent I, I found that I could do things faster on my own. I found that I could sometimes do things better on my own. And so I, I don't really delegate a whole lot. <laughs> but I can also see where homeschooling has had to teach me how to delegate. So I'm grateful for that. But I can see I had this thought one day. I was, I don't even remember what I was doing or where I was, actually. I just remember having this thought hit me out of the blue that if I'm this tired and this exhausted, how much am I relying on the Lord for help? Because if he helps to carry our crosses, if he helps to lift our burdens, to make our yokes easy, then why am I this exhausted? 
And it's interesting to me, this year I chose the word discipline and a friend of mine pointed out that it derives from the same thing as disciple, that they have the same, that their etymology, that the, the way the word is spelled derives from the same point. And I have really been pondering a lot about that because I never, I never saw the correlation between the two. They just seem so different. Disciple and discipline. Does that mean that if you're going to be a, a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ, that you are, you have to be disciplined? What does that mean? I just never thought about it before. But today I had this realization that in my need to be independent, in my, I don't even know if it's a need, I think it's just habit, but maybe a need because it lends itself to my sense of safety. So I'll call it a need, but it could just be a desire too. It could be both in my independence. I saw myself as a man, you know, when it talks about man in scriptures, I, I finally saw myself in that light. Like, Oh, I'm one of them. When it talks about the arm of flesh, I used to associate that with others, but never with myself. The arm of flesh. And when it when the scriptures caution us not to lean into our own understanding, I had never quite considered leaning into my own understanding until this morning. And I went, whoa, in my independence, I've done that more often than I can count. And I've assumed that God was on the same page as me because I am very sensitive to his Holy Spirit. I'm sensitive. I know I can usually tell very quickly when I, when I am in the presence of the Holy Ghost or when I can feel it. Um, I've learned to recognize that the peace that comes only from the Holy Spirit and from the Lord uh, is directing me and guiding me and, and present. So I trusted that. But there's actually very few times when I've really included the Lord or I'd go and ask for him for help. And then it's almost as if he offered it. I'd be like the little child that says, no, I can do it by myself. Never mind. <laughs> I feel like I'm that child sometimes that does that to her parents, be them earthly parents or spiritual parents. Like that is what I've been doing. I And then when I couldn't do it exactly perfectly, I'd go crying back to God and saying, Oh my gosh, I need your help. And I'm so broken and I can't do this. And And then like he would help me. And then sometimes it wouldn't be the way that I thought it was going to be. I didn't think like his help wouldn't look the way that I thought it should. So then I would be like, where is he? He's not helping me. Or I wouldn't understand how, what the way that he was helping me would help me because it wasn't my way. The Lord's way is not man's way ever. Like (laughs) I think he definitely has his own ways. Um, And a lot of times we being the human beings we are, don't understand godly ways. But I started seeing this more and more and kind of going, he must be so frustrated with me. (laughs) Seriously. 
because I can be so stubborn and so set in my ways and so fixated on the answers that I think I have that really aren't answers. They're just, you know, it's me leaning on my own understanding. And sometimes my own understanding was flawed, you know? So it's interesting to me how this whole thing has just come to the surface and I'm just now recognizing it and seeing it. Today, the other thought that I had that I want to share with you, you know what, I'm going to give you a break because I'm sharing a lot here. I'm going to give you a break. When I get back, I'll share the second thing, the second aha that I had. My second aha had to go, it went hand in hand with this whole pondering on any correlation between discipleship and discipline. Because in my mind, I had this visual and I was kind of telling God, I will pick up my cross and follow you. And I had this visual of of being alive during his time when he was on the earth and teaching about being fishers of men and and I saw myself as one of those disciples that those people that were stopping what they were doing to follow him they accepted his invitation and so in my mind I'm telling God you know I will pick up my cross and follow you and then I felt weird I'm like my cross what cross what cross am I carrying? What does that cross represent? Why would I take that with me? Why wouldn't I just leave it? And it's almost as if I felt him say, you can leave it. I've got it. And in my mind, I'm looking at him and I'm seeing the cross that he's carrying that reminded me of his atonement for me. I didn't need to atone. I had a savior who already did that for me who atoned for me, who made it possible for me to heal, who knew and understood all of my suffering, all of my pain, and then some. He had me covered. All he was asking me is to just follow him. That's it. Follow him. Feed my sheep. Wow. I had that moment and I thought, why did I feel like I had to carry my cross? Yes, we have challenges in life. And sometimes our challenges here on earth don't change. Sometimes we have challenges that we have our whole life through. And sometimes we may question why we have them and what we're supposed to learn from them. What if the only thing that we were to learn from that is that that's kind of what God did. He carried his cross and then he gave of the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us. So anything that we go through should serve as a reminder of what he went through before us. 
and what he endured even more and greater. And maybe it's a lesson on repeat. I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know that I understand why some of us have challenges that are not short-lived that seem to stretch across the span of our lifetime here on earth. But I will say that was a profound moment. He's not asking me to go above and beyond or do something that I'm not capable of doing. He's asking me to just be the imperfect person I am, follow him, let him make up the difference, let him help me, and then I in turn do what I can to help others. What if our good was enough? What if our efforts are enough? Our best is enough. Who is putting pressure on us? This is where we could play the blaming game and we could say, oh, it's society. Oh, it's the self-help industry. Oh, it's all those authors and mentors. Oh, it's my upbringing. It's everybody else's fault that I feel all this pressure. Well, you know what? It doesn't really matter who's at fault. The most important part is that we get to decide from this point on what we want to do differently. That's what matters. We don't need to sit there and judge it and blame it and all of this hoo-ha. And quite honestly, if you really want to know what I think about who's to blame, it's often ourselves because we are the ones who form beliefs and choose into them. Ultimately, we have a choice in what we choose to believe and accept as a truth. We do. Now, given I realize when we're young and our brain isn't fully developed, that it may seem like an impossible task. But as we learn and as we grow, we will encounter a point of decision where we have to decide, where we can no longer excuse ourselves because we were young we didn't know better. As an adult who does have a developed mind and brain that can reason and rationalize, that's usually after our late 20s, by the way, when our brains are fully developed. We then have the responsibility of deciding how we want to respond and what we want to do differently. And that's why I felt so liberated this morning. Oh my goodness. I felt so empowered. It was just marvelous. Like, ah, I can take a break. I can do this on my terms and it really is okay. And it doesn't have to mean anything bad other than I just have a need to take a break. Holy mow, holy moly, right? Like, holy cow, holy socks, holy whatever, but good grief. Why did it take me so long? I don't know. I just was on this never ending. It felt like this never ending marathon. I feel like I've run not just one marathon. I feel like I've run a hundred marathons that were all more than 5k, (laughs) like five miles. Like they just felt like 
horrendous feats that I've, you know, I've been on. Oh my goodness. And, and it, like a loop, it was like the marathon that's in a loop and it never stops. And you just have to keep going, keep going, keep on going, keep on going. Like, holy moly. So you guys, we don't have to monetize our joy. And I know that that's not really what this podcast is about. I took that deeper and said that we can, we can honor our needs and that we can accept our humanness, that we are where we are for a reason. We can only be as far along the path of learning as we can be because we're, we can't learn it all at once. We can't. It's line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We can't have it all at once. It's a process. And I don't care how much a person portrays themselves as having it all together. I truly believe that nobody has it all together until they are perfect human beings. And that will never happen here on earth in this particular lifetime, in this decade, okay? It's, it's, it won't happen right now. It's why we need a savior. Because we needed somebody bigger than ourselves. We're flawed, imperfect people. There are times that people will let us down and there are time, times we're going to let ourselves down. We need something bigger and larger than ourselves. Some people say we are perfect, though. We are whole. We are complete. We are perfectly imperfect. Well, whatever spin you want to put on it that works for you, that's fine. But all I know is that I'm not perfect. And that at some point, I get to be enough. And that point is now. And it's way overdue. And so I'm de- I'm declaring it boldly. And I'm saying, I am enough. I do enough. My best is enough. I have more than enough. I don't have to live in a mansion. I don't have to jump out of a plane. I don't have to write a novel or a book. I don't have to do anything to prove anything to anyone, including myself. I don't have anything to prove. I am who I am. You are who you are. It just is okay to let go of all the the expectations all the advice of well-meaning individuals who just want to help bless them. It's not that we reject their gifts, but maybe there's a time of acceptance when it's the better time to accept that gift. You know, because sometimes we just need to slow it down, not call it even meditation. Why does it have to be something more? Why can't we just say, I'm tired, I'm going to sit down and not call it anything and not judge it? And not say, oh, that's meditation and we need to meditate. Oh, that's called praying, pray, praying in your heart and we need to do that. Let's just stop. Stop. It doesn't have to be more. We don't have to do more when we're exhausted and we're tired. It's okay to rest and take a breather or nap. And just disengage and disconnect. It's okay. It really is. It doesn't mean anything about you that's bad. Sometimes there isn't anything that needs to be fixed. 
we can give that to ourselves where we go right now, nothing needs to be fixed. And I'm giving that to myself. It's called a break. (laughs) That's all it is. It's a break. We're just taking a breather, checking in with ourselves, our truth, our reality, our hearts, our inner child. And we're just satisfying our needs. And sometimes you cannot reach that point until you are willing to let go of the badge of busyness. It's not a badge that we wear proudly. That is not something we have to wear proudly to, in order to be deemed worthy or important or successful or any of those things that you associate it with. Well-rounded. Best mom. Best dad better human being. Look at my status. (laughs) It doesn't have to be any of that. Doesn't. So let it go. Let it go and relax into who you are and be okay with that. It's okay to give you those moments. We don't have to live there. No, we don't. But is it okay to take our time and just go, oh, do we have to race through life trying to get to the finish line? Can we just enjoy the journey sometimes and go, okay, I'm just going to relax for a minute and take it in. You are enough. You are enough. Your best is good enough. There's a saying that I picked up from one of my instructors, Pam Robinson at the Institute of Healing Arts. And she said one day, I do my best and leave the rest to God. Oh, How I love those words right now. How meaningful that has become to me. I'm so grateful she she shared those words. That wisdom. I do my best and leave the rest to God. And your best on some days may look like waking up in the morning and doing dishes. Or just waking up and facing a new day because you have a particular challenge that isn't one that goes away. So maybe just waking up and facing the day is what your best looks like. Your 100%, your best can look different on any given day, at any given moment. Stop trying to put it into a box. What if your standard looked flexible throughout your life. Hmm, something to think about. All right, everyone. I hope that you enjoy this bonus episode. It's I think it's a little longer than I usually do. Let me see here. Oh yes, this will be a little bit longer. Well, not too much longer. Maybe like I've been doing these about 40 minutes long. It's about in there. Anyway, This is what's on my heart. This is why I'm saying I still do true love, but I'm doing it like a hobby right now. And I'm just going to like not do a podcast and monetize it like I originally planned. And I'm going to just enjoy the hobby of doing this without worrying about having to monetize my joy. I receive so much joy from podcasting. It's the one thing I decided I wanted to hold on to even when I was allowing myself to let go of anything business related. I thought, well, Podcasting doesn't necessarily have to be business related. I can do it just because I enjoy it. 
So that's what I decided to do. And taking this time out in my life, there may come a time when I may not have a website. I don't know. I haven't decided. Um, But I am taking time to take a breather and to just be more authentic, show up more authentically and honestly with myself so that I can with others to acknowledge the needs that my inner child has and that I as an adult now have to to just be okay with here and now and being okay with me and you get to do the same thing you get to do you and be okay with you and it's the same message I'm saying over and over and over in different ways I realize that but there's so many different sides and angles to this and I guess it feels so strongly in me that I'm just determined to hit every angle. I don't know. (laughs) I will say that this feels like a massive lesson that I'm learning right now. Um, A huge lesson. And I'm grateful and simultaneously relieved. And I'm curious to see what my creative projects will feel like and look like during this time. I don't know how much time I'm taking and giving myself. I'm playing it by ear. I'm learning how to go with the flow and not plan everything to a T Um, kind of letting go of pressure and just seeing what I do with it I guess I get to learn a little bit more about myself I I just want you guys to know you are enough if you needed this message then I'm glad that you found it. And it's not one I will probably be sharing everywhere on social media. That's why I'm calling it the bonus episode. If you come across it, there's probably a reason why. (laughs) And you are more than welcome to connect with me, guys. Um, You know, if you don't connect with me through my email, uh, or excuse me, through my website, you can through my email, which is um, julie at thetruelovetour.com. So... Uh, beginning the beginning in February, I won't be on social media as much. I don't plan to deactivate my account, but I won't be on social media as much. Um, probably weekly and probably just to post my share my podcasts, but I don't know. I haven't decided. I'm just kind of making decisions as I go and taking a breather and relaxing into life a little bit more right now. That's what I need. Take it, take it easy, take care of yourself, and make today great. <laughs>